Welcome to Karate Man Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Waff. Kickstart for March 6th. We're in the midst of March Madness. <laughs> You're damn right we are. And we're not talking about basketball. We are talking about our to-be-bought recommendations going off the handle. We just recorded the second episode. Fuck. <laughs> what? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we did. We did. <gasps> oh, shit. Hope you enjoyed Eye of the Tiger because yeah. this next one's going to blow your fucking socks off. This one... You know how we, on the show, we asked, part of our our thing is that we ask like, questions like, wait, why did they make this choice? Why did they make this choice? This whole movie that we have coming up on a Friday makes you go, it questions your whole existence as Things to that make you go, hmm. why you didn't watch this movie sooner. Yeah. Like, why didn't I watch this in 1992? It is the best, worst kind of movie ever. You yeah. just relish in just, uh Anyway, we don't, we don't want to, we're still high from it because I literally, we literally just stopped talking about it 90 seconds ago. <laughs> yes. I mean, even, is it even been 90 seconds yet? No, probably not. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> Time stands still when you see this movie. <laughs> I feel like I had a triple espresso milkshake or something. Got, <laughs> like watching the movie and then talking about it right away because I watched it this morning and then we talked about it. Like literally, I turned it off and, I jumped on with you. Yeah. I, I have to say, when you watch this movie, and I, I didn't make this point when we were talking about it, the randomness and the lack of cohesiveness of the story. I mean, I know it's a loose story, but at least most of the time you, you get some expositional dialogue or something. I felt like I had, I had ADHD because I'm like, did I miss something? Did I did I miss something? There's a, And there's, a, there's two key moments in the movie. That, that don't have a bridge together. There's no bridge scene. There's no like conversation. There's nothing. And it's very confusing. And like I said, it's, <laughs> I don't want to start asking questions in a movie like this. It's just, I, wanna, no. I just want to watch the, the goofiness of it all. Oh man. As we talked about in the, you'll hear when we talk about it, it's just, this was, we knew this film went beyond our expectations when we saw what was gonna what we were gonna watch, what to be recommended oh, to us by far. And uh, like I noted in the episode, I was five minutes into it when I texted you, "This is the greatest movie ever," because it is, dude. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I enjoyed something as much as I enjoyed this. Weirdly, yeah. Speaking of movies that you're supposed to laugh at intentionally, uh, we went and saw Cocaine Bear on Friday. Oh boy. It was fucking awesome, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm waiting to see. That. I'm gonna wait and see that and Meth Gator at the same time. You see, that's the thing. Meth Gator got announced what like a week beforehand. Asylum goes, hey, we got this coming out. So you yeah. know, it's probably done. <laughs> it's done. It's, they just finished it <laughs> they finished yesterday. It, they finished it in a week. <laughs> I mean, did it take them that long? I'm, but I'm talking finished. It's been edited, fucking sweetened no, and post. It's, exactly. it's ready to go. Sweetened and post. They don't do shit and. <laughs> You know, you know, if you've seen Asylum movies, you know, they like going, hey, what can we do our version of Cocaine Bear? Like, we've got all these three, 3D models of fucking alligators. Because, I mean, how many gator movies have they made? Like 50? Oh, dude, right? Like Shark shark versus Gator, all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> shark Gator. I mean, that might, be, that might not be one. Don't take my idea as Asylum. Gator NATO. Gator NATO. <laughs> dude, at least Gator NATO makes more sense than Shark NATO. <laughs> Yeah, because gators will chase their tail. Yeah, they can, and they can actually live out of water. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, yes, sharks don't fly. Fuck off. That was the funniest thing about the, which one was the one that Joey and I watched? No, we watched the one where they, were in, where they end up in Vegas. 
And I'm like, how are those sharks still alive, dude? What's the closest <laughs> body of water that has sharks in it? I mean, look, here's the funny thing. I've never seen Sharknado, any of them, but I can only imagine that in Vegas, they would be sharks trained by some Siegfried Roy type people. <laughs> oh, those jokes are made. They're, I think I think that like a Siegfried and Roy like impersonator or they're supposed to represent them getting mauled by a shark. <laughs> and I'm like going, I, I said, you know what? You guys... I know Asylum's got poor taste, but that's the poorest taste ever yeah, considering what happened. Yeah, dude, totally. And forget about the fact that oh, at that time, I think they were both still alive, but it doesn't matter. One got mauled by a tiger. That's the joke that you should not be doing. Well, he also got mauled by a tiger basically stepping in. To, he knew what was going to happen. It was going to happen to somebody in the front row because right. the tiger was hot on that fucking person. And yeah. The dude kind of threw himself in front of the tiger. Yeah. For, so that, yeah, yeah. So fuck off, Asylum. Yeah, exactly. He was like... He's protecting people in the audience. He's like going, because uh, I was working at NBC News at the time, and when he did that, I was like going, that's, dude, uh, first of all, you sit there and go, how can these guys sit there and train tigers, man? It's so dangerous. I'm like, look at what he was willing to do to to protect other people. I was, I was fucking ballsy, dude. Yeah. People, people mocked those two guys constantly back in the day, but that dude is something none of us would ever do. Nope. No, never. We would, we would, dude, he did the exact opposite of what we would do. <laughs> we would step out. We would run the other direction. No, he stood and that was pretty, yeah, I fucked up. Fuck you people. Fucking asylum. Yeah. Anyway, Cocaine Bear is a blast. Ray Liotta, uh, obviously it was his last film. They put a nice little in memory of at the, at the tail before the scroll at the end. But he's not in it a lot, but he's great in it. He's, he more or less is playing a grown-up version of his Goodfellas part. It's just like, oh, look, he, he... That's what happened to Henry Hill after he went into witness relocation. Yeah. He ended up in fucking Georgia or whatever. Wherever they shot that thing. Tennessee. It's super funny, and it's gory in the right spots. It's funny. It's All the notes hit, which is what you hope for in a movie like that. There was nothing disappointing about it, like when like where Megan didn't kind of live up to its hype, for me anyway. Um, I'm not going to disparage anybody that enjoyed the movie. It has it has its moments, but Cocaine Bear, 100% lives up to it. It's super super fun. Joey, there was points we only had like I think there were like four other people in the theater besides Joey and Melody and I. And dude, you know what's funny is I was looking at the trailer just now and I thought that Ray Liotta was Edward James almost. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean he had some work done, but he's actually looked that way for a little bit. No, I know, but I just say I, I had not seen the trailer. Oh, is, oh. is this the movie he died on? He did was did he passed away in his sleep? No, I think it was a different movie. Yeah, he was. This movie was completely. Yeah, yeah, because I think the, I think the trailer for this dropped like maybe a month after he passed, something like that. Right. Um, or at least they were taught the chatter was happening that the movie was going to be be done. I don't want to be a downer. Uh, well, okay, go ahead, finish, and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna be a downer. Just I know because I know we weren't gonna. I knew we were gonna be like a pass this and not talk about. I it. can't, dude. I know, no, I no, I know. I mean, that's it. Just it's a fun movie. Um, if you have a chance to go see it with a big crowd, go because, like I said, it was still funny for us, even though there were only a dozen other. I mean, not even that, like four other people in the theater was still a good time. Anyway, go ahead, R ruin everybody's day. Look, man, I just want to say goodbye to probably one of the greatest character actors of the last 30 years. And I, I mean, I'll argue that point with anybody, but uh, Tom Sizemore passed away on Friday uh, yeah. after a, I, mean, I don't want to say brief, because it seems like he was in that stasis between life and death for a couple of weeks. But Tom Sizemore makes a lot of movies better than they should be. And he's right. the best thing in lots of big movies that 
have bigger stars in them. Right. But the most memorable things in those movies to me are Tom Sizemore's performances in things like Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, Strange Days. The list goes on. True Romance, dude. You tell yep. me him and Chris Penn don't almost yep. steal True Romance. Yep. And there's a lot of there's a lot of people competing for to steal that movie. And somehow their performances within that interrogation scene with Bronson Pinchot, they're my favorite moments in the movie. And, and, you, and to your point, um, because of this, uh, I introduced Joey to Heat last night. Oh, yeah. Saturday I mean, dude, night. In Heat, too. Yeah, I mean, look, just if you think Tom Sizemore was just some troubled actor who was in the tabloids for a while and made a bunch of bad movies, but it, you're, you're wrong. You're 100% wrong. Yeah. He was a great actor. I mean, he's in fucking Point Break, dude. His one scene in Point Break yeah. is memorable. Yep. And because of that, that's why Catherine used him in Strange Days was because yeah. just because of what she, what little he, you know, it's one of those things, hey, you want to come in and do a one day and just do this thing? And that's it. Shit, he was probably at the fucking beach when they <laughs> come down here yeah, and do right? this. Unfortunately, he can, it seems like he fell into that. He lived hard, dude. He lived he hard. Lived I mean, he was hard. He was. I mean, he did Heidi Fleiss for how long? Yeah, a long time. I mean, that kind of lets you know what kind of a personal life he had. And the to to say he lived hard might be an understatement. You know? Yes, it, it certainly is. But like you said, look at look at Strange Days. I'm going to use that as an example because I out of all his movies, other than Heat, which I just watched, there's bigger actors in the movies that he's in, and he's always a standout. It seems like his character is a throwaway in Strange Days. Yeah, but Catherine Bigelow rewarded him from coming in there and doing that half a day's work on, on point break and gives him the juiciest role, the entire fucking movie. Um, that's just in a movie that's got Ray Fiennes in it. Michael Wincott. And, and even going back even further with Sizemore, I mean, Sizemore career goes back over yeah. 30 years. I mean, yeah. dude, he's in born on the 4th of July, that scene with him and Defoe down in Mexico, right? Blue steel. Dude, is the first movie he did with Bigelow before Point Break. And you want to talk about a small role in that. Like, he, I mean, his character's name is Woolcap, right? A lot of people forget how great the movie Blue Steel is, period. Yeah. And since you already mentioned Born in the Fourth, Stone used him again in National Born Killers. There's our, there's, oh, our, there's, yeah. our, there's our Quentin Tarantino loose connection. Yep. By the way, did Tarantino ever use Sizemore? He didn't, No, did he? man. Nope. He had Michael Madsen. Hey, Michael Madsen. That I was mean, his size yeah. more. Yeah. Michael Madsen's kind of the poor man's Tom size. More. Yeah, that's fair. And he's great in that too. I, by the way, has he ever played a cop and not been a dirtbag? No, dude. Because again, I'm going to give you another movie. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm going Devil in a Blue Dress. Oh shit! I mean, dude, he kind of steals that movie poor from Denzel. Denzel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Denzel had to deal with not only Sizemore in that movie, but also Cheadle. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, but again, Tom Sizemore, Flight of the Intruder, the, the list goes on. Dude, he's in Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. I talked about this movie, I think, when I first met you, because I have it on Laserdisc. Tom is in a movie called Watch It. Yes. Which is a little-known movie, and it's a very un-Tom Sizemore, macho, you know, whatever, dirtbag. It's probably the most likable, endearing character that uh, Tom Sizemore ever played. Unfortunately, the movie, you can't find it anywhere. I have it on Laserdisc, and that's it. You know what just hit me? Now that I'm sitting there looking at Natural Born Killer's Wikipedia page, remember when his character, Jack Scagnetti, right? Yep. And again, Scagnetti, another name that Quentin used in Reservoir Dogs, because it was- Scagnetti the, was an agent, dude, like a, a low, a low, like a 
it's kind of the Jack Skegnetti agency. It, it, <laughs> he repped, look up Jack Skegnetti, like yeah. Jack Skegnetti agency. I that, guarantee that's why Tarantino put him, uses that character. Because he was Madison's CEO in, yeah. in Reservoir Dogs. But here's the one thing. His Skagnetti and Natural Born Killers was trying to get together with Mallory Knox while she was in the cell. Remember that yeah. whole bit? Oh, yeah. And they're a couple in Strange Days. Yeah. It was like... It, well, they dated in real life. Oh, I didn't know that. I they no were idea. a couple. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, see, look at that. I think they were breaking up while they were making Strange, Strange Days. Days. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's the big reveal at the end of the movie. Sorry if I ruined that for anybody. But yeah. It doesn't make a difference. I know, I know how it ends. It's still fucking a rad movie. You should still see it if you haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. Because I might still be on HBO Max. But I mean, Tom Sizemore, man, you know, I was probably, I guess I was in my early 20s when he like popped. And from the moment I saw him in Lockup with Stallone, right up until he stopped being in movies that were on my radar sometime around, you know, I would say after 2001, because he's great in Pearl Harbor. He's the only good thing for Harvard. As we said previous. <laughs> He's in striking distance, which we love. I mean, it, it, he had a long and fantastic career. And he was an A-lister, leading man who was really a character actor. Right. Maybe he didn't carry him, but he they gave him his, they did. And even the movies where he let, they gave him the lead, they're good. Things like Relic. I mean, he he was never bad, even right. even if he was a mess in the real world and you know his own personal on screen. He was always magnetic to watch, entertaining, and you know I'm gonna miss Tom Sizemore. Yeah, same. So there's yeah. my Tom Sizemore rant. There was something we talked about. It's like when you get to a certain point in your career, sometimes you know you just gotta work and you want to keep working, and that's what he did. And a lot of times people might consider some of the movies he did towards the end of his career lowbrow stuff that we're kind of covering in March, but it doesn't change the fact that here's the thing. I, I'm only going to make this comparison once because it's relationship to our, to the month and what we're doing. Lorenzo Lamas is in these kinds of goofy movies that we're watching. Time Sizemore had more talent in his thumbnail. Yeah, dude, totally. Of his four finger hand. I'm kidding. He had all fingers. Yeah. Then the Lorenzo Lamas. And he gave more in these lowbrow movies, if you want to, if I'm going to continue to use that phrasing, then he gave just as much in those movies as he did in Heat for Michael Mann, just as much as he gave Stone in the movies that he was in for him. The dude was a consummate professional, even though you noted he lived a hard personal life, but he still fucking delivered when he, when the camera rolled. It's not untrue. I mean, no. Sizemore was the guy who looked always entertaining, man. You never kind of knew what was going to happen, what he was going to do. On any any given performance, right you now, so yeah, there's a lot there's a lot there to explore. If you're not familiar with a lot of those titles we just rattled off, right? Or if you were ever thinking, is there a reason I need to see Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, it's Tom Sizemore. Yeah, and you know, we've talked before about we're not big fans of Black Hawk Down. I'm a big fan of his performance in that. I'm a big fan of a lot of performances in that movie. I just don't like the movie. I think there's several. I mean, it's it, that's a that, that that is a movie that's all about performances. Yes. for me. And we'll go back to what you're talking about with Penn and and playing the cops, trying to flip Elliot, Bronson Pinchot's character. That's <laughs> all, by the way, that's all. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all improv. Yeah, all improv. Yeah, you can tell too. The three of them. Tom Sizemore was fucking rad because you get to see him in, and again, not in it a lot. Him and Penn aren't in the movie a lot. But the, they are both so phenomenal in that. And again, talk about two guys that live pretty hard lives personally. Those guys still always were fucking great. They're always they're always a good time. And 
Yeah, yeah. Tom Sizemore is definitely going to be missed. Both of them gone too soon, man. Way too soon. Yeah. <laughs> not to be a downer. Look, I, mean, look I'm not, I don't mean this as a downer. No, I mean, no. And here's this is a, like a sell. I mean, look, I'm just saying. We and we don't do this. We don't do this. We don't do this. And we've only done it one other time. And we talked about it when we did I Have the Tiger briefly. I, I reminded the audience that we did it for Yafet Koto because we just don't do this. But that just shows you the impact that the the man's work had on us. And that's, I mean, look at that. Yafet Koto isn't a, a name. If you gave, say, say someone, give me your top 20 favorite actors, that guy's not going to be on there. Right. You know, Sam Sizemore, he's not going to be on there. Even if you say supporting, even if you say give me your top 20 supporting actors of all time, you're not going to hear those names. And I think that's why we have, an, this show has an affinity for those kind of performers. And yeah, Sizemore was one of those guys. And, you know, I also felt, I, and I knew we were going to, this is why I watched Heat with Joe, because I really felt like we were going to talk about it. It's not just because we briefly yammered on about it on on Delirious, but, but because I know how you feel about Sizemore. I know how I feel about Sizemore. I'm like, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, he's definitely going to be missed. Anything he's done is worth watching. And now here's the thing. There's a bunch of movies out there he's made that I've never seen. I've never even heard of. Very much like how Nick Cage right. has made tons of movies you've never heard of. I want to watch him because the bottom line is I know he's going to be good in it. I hear that the, the the movie Imperatus is supposed to be pretty amazing. Yeah. And he's supposed to be fantastic in it. I don't know if, if it's gotten a wide release yet or it's getting a wide release soon. But, you know, it's something I'm looking forward to. Again, there's a bunch of stuff. Like, dude, I feel like we could do, like, I bet there's a 2B algorithm out there with Tom Sizemore involved somewhere. Yeah. Things like uh, Wolf Mother. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's a whole back half of uh, Tom Sizemore catalog that I'm not even familiar with. So the last season of Cobra Kai, he's in yeah. an episode. I hadn't seen it yet. I just knew he was in it. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, but Imperatus is, I don't know, did he get it? I'm looking at it right now to see if it's actually got a release. If they're, yeah. not, if they're not linking to anything, there you go. There's a trailer, but that's it. Oh, wow. And Mike Urenko did it because his movie entity is not terrible. No. I mean, I hear it's good. I heard it's really good for yeah. people who are in the know, as they say. I, but anyway, there's a lot of movies out there, a lot of things that he's been in that you've never even heard of. And they're worth visiting because, he, like I said, he's going to be good in it. Yeah. The likelihood that he's not going to be good in it is very, very, very low because... I've seen him in some trash and he's always great. There you go. Um, how can we not end this on a <laughs> Right. Well, Hey, anyway, so, uh, you know, in other news or we was, or look, I wanted to also just touch briefly on the, uh, the, the show with Martha Plimpton and what it got, what is it called? It's on freebie. It's called sprung. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I love it, dude. It, oh, dude, it's so funny. The only drag is it's on freebie, and I got to and there's commercials to break it up because yeah, I feel like it's something I would totally just burn right. Oh through man, it's so if great. It, if yeah. if you're fans of raising, of raising hope, hope or, or Earl or Earl, Greg Garcia delivers, and it's but the weirdest thing about it is not having Plimpton and what's his face like be a couple. It's super weird, right? Like you're. They, I, I was like, oh, God, is this what happened to them after uh, Jimmy left? Right. And took hope with him. <laughs> took hope with him. I'm out of here. I can't live this shitty life anymore. No, dude, it's like, it's so fucking fun, dude. I love the shit out of that show. We're, we've been, and I love the whole premise, too. It's one of the few times I've seen the, the pandemic actually work as part of a storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, because the rest of the time I'm like, I can't deal with it. 
it's super fun and it's super and it's really fucking smart. It's and it does a little bit of timeline massaging, if you will. Yep. Which I which I think really adds to the fun of the show because it definitely you think it's pretty. You think you understand what's going on here, and it, you don't. And it's really well laid out, well structured. Again, Greg Garcia writes some really funny stuff, but this time he he's having fun with Beyond the Earl and Raising Hope, Poor People Setup. He's still it's still that. But it's how they negotiate things being thrust upon them where everybody has money trouble or everybody has doesn't have access to things. Tomorrow, the 7th, a bunch of 4K releases. We've been talking about recently on um, Mask of Zorro. But there's some uh, karate in the garage-ness coming out. We got a Secret Admirer Blu-ray coming out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Starring Fred Ward. <laughs> Fred Ward. C. Thomas Howell. Uh, Kelly Preston. Uh, Kelly Preston and and Massimo's wife, <laughs> and uh, we can't forget, you know, the felon herself, Lori Laughlin. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we get a little D. Wallace Stone in that movie, I think, too. No, <laughs> yes. Also, a whole slew of Mill Creek VHS Blu-ray releases. The Fan is coming out. Fear is coming out. Problem Child. So there you go. This is also, like I mentioned, this is that 45th release of 45th anniversary release of Greece for some fucking reason. If you're in the Atlanta area uh, to, on tomorrow night, I'm going to go, I'm going to see Jerry Cantrell. Ooh, really? Yeah. Uh, formerly of uh, Alice in Chains or maybe still in Alice in Chains, I guess. They're still a band, right? Yeah. And uh, they kind of haven't, uh, they, they put out a few albums. They're pretty good, but I think they're just maybe on a hiatus right now. Probably. Yeah, I think they did a thing right after COVID kind of released thing, you know, allowed people to tour again. But oh, one more thing too, Dude, this is another one of those movies that I really feel like we're going to cover at some point. I'm going to drop this because there was no access to this movie before, but Kino is dropping Making Mister Right. Oh, yeah! Wow! Yeah, the best use ever of the turtles happy together, dude, and Magnuson. Yeah. And Magnuson is like, is she's the female version of Tom Sizemore. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Dude, she's great. What was the thing that she did with uh, Richard Lewis? Oh. Where she was Richard Lewis's boss and that sitcom that was on ABC. Anything But Love. Yes, holy with Jamie Lee Curtis. Shit, and, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking what a great show that was. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, Ann Magnuson's one of those actresses that, you know, you look back and you're like, fuck, I forgot she was in that. I forgot she was in that. You know, she's fantastic. And she kicks ass because she had a band and everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's so great. I love her to death. Dude, she was in Small Soldiers, which we covered. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Making Mr. Right. Again, it's a Kino thing and it's brand new, so it's it's. That was Susan Seidelman's one-two punch. I mean, I know you don't like, you probably don't care for Desperate Seeking Susan the way I do, but of my like crush on Rosanna Arquette, but the, these two movies, I saw them both in theaters right back in the eighties. You did she devil after this, which, which has some moments. In yeah, it has some moments that, in it, but it, the one thing it did is set up Meryl Streep as being somebody that can play in this kind of movie. Yeah. Who could, who's funny. Death becomes her. She doesn't make that movie. She's not, she doesn't do she devil. Yeah. I mean, it also let us know, or that, well, I feel like that was, was that even before defending your life? I think. There's that streak where she did, she do because she's funny in this. She's funny in that. She's funny in Defending Your Life, Death Becomes Her, and um, Postcards from the Edge. 
I go back to Susan. Her, I think the last thing she did, at least as far as things, things that are out on video, she did a movie called The Hot Flashes that came out in 2013. And basically, it's a it's a, one of those. Hey, you know what? We were in high school, and now we're in it. We want to we want to show that we can still play basketball. You know, forty year olds. Listen to this cast, dude. Brooke Shields, Daryl Hannah, Virginia Madsen, Cameron Manheim, and Wanda Sykes all play on this basketball team that were that were hot shit in high school. So I'm wow. like, I'm like going, this fucking looks fun, dude. I want to watch and, this now. And She Devil did come before all those movies. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, because you can tell because because of Roseanne was super young. She hadn't really started changing her look yet, based because she got popular. That was one of the things that was always threw me off with Roseanne. I love the show. I think it was some of the most brilliant writing and performances. Laurie Metcalf and John Goodman made that fucking show go. But when she started changing her looks and started dolling herself up, when you would see Roseanne, like, well, you don't even look like the the working class anymore. <laughs> you don't look like someone that would work in a factory right. anymore. No, not at all. That's what I always took away from the show towards the end. But I'm going all in on the hot flashes, dude. I'm. It's got Eric Roberts in it right? as well. Dude, it looks red. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's on Peacock. ESPN. So there you go. I'm adding it right now. Yep, just did. We'll report back on. All right. There's our bonus content. Do we? Do we sign out and then do all this shit? We didn't. No, no, we we didn't sign sign up yet. No. All right. That's how close ago we just did that movie episode. (laughs) It was only 30 minutes ago we did our sign off. So there you go. All right. If you want to follow the show on Twitter. Or on Letterbox or on Instagram. It's all at Karate Pod. Corey can be followed on Culper97 on, on the Insta and on Letterbox is Corey underscore Culp. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram or you can follow me at Tom Cody on Letterbox. That's Tom Sizemore at Letterbox.com. Mm-hmm.